If you're happy and you know it, sing a song. If you're happy and you know it, love every day. If you're happy and you know it, then you really ought to show it. If you're happy and you know it, have a super day every day. And wouldn't that be awesome? I'm also a realist and understand that there are some big challenges in the world. And as an exercise professional, one of the biggest challenges in the world uh, are diseases. Diseases that we give to ourselves as humans by mouth or by lack of activity. We've become overeaters and under-exercisers. And I would like to fix that. That's one of the reasons why I'm an exercise professional. And it's one of the reasons why I wake up every day. I want to help people to be healthy, fit and strong. How about you? What's your driving force? And I always ask if you're a parent, a teacher, a coach, if you are a boss, a leader, if you're an exercise professional, uh, what do you want for our future adults? Do you want them to grow up in a world where being overweight, out of shape, sick, diseased, unenergetic and depressed is normal or do you want our kids to grow up in a world where being healthy, fit and strong is normal? And the reason I ask that question, of course, uh, as a human race now, we are now half unwell. So when half of the population or more have diseases that affect our our productivity and our quality of life, it becomes normal. And when you have a look at coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, uh, obesity, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, most cancers, all of those things are really major killer diseases that have a prevention and a cure. Now, there's a lot of argument about that, whether we can prevent them and cure them, because have we passed that tipping point? Have we got to the point as humans that we can't change that? We're just going to have to accept the fact that at least half of the population is going to have some kind of disease because we eat too much or we don't exercise or both. Well, I'm, I might have to... <laughs> Uh, be part of that conversation, but I really don't want to accept that. How about you? So my question today uh, is, what can we do as exercise professionals? What can we do as medical professionals, as parents, teachers, coaches? And I'm going to ask particularly the question about cardiovascular disease, uh, which comes in in the form of coronary heart disease and predominantly type 2 diabetes. What if they were preventable and curable? What if that was possible? And the reason I ask the question is there's a lot of ways to die, and we're all going to die, of course. I always uh, share my passion is to die peacefully in my sleep at 120, 130, 140 years young, having had a fantastic day, having been for a run, lifted something heavy, eaten fantastic food, had the best day of my life, and then peacefully pass away in my sleep. Uh, To me, that's the ultimate. Now, barring accident, uh, the longevity experts suggest that that, of course, is possible. Uh, But you've got to look after your body, of course. Uh, I think the reverse of that, uh, if you don't look after your body, one of the worst ways to die, and I'm going to be quite graphic, is type 2 diabetes. Uh, The beautiful thing, (laughs) I have to rephrase that because it sounds ridiculous, Uh, One of the good things about dying of a heart attack, myocardial infarction, is usually the first symptom of heart attack is a heart attack and death. So most people that die of a heart attack because they haven't had their blood pressure checked or because they haven't had their resting heart rate checked or because they just haven't been to the doctor and they don't know what's going on inside their body, uh, literally they their heart stops beating or their, their the blood and oxygen supply to their heart stops because of, of a clog, of a, a blockage, and they die immediately, which is sad for the family. But if you're going to die, that's kind of a 
a better way to die, yeah? Because you go down, now, dead, gone, no pain. The challenge I have with type 2 diabetes, and it's my least desirable way to die, uh, is that it's a very slow killer because type 2 diabetes is literally your body clogging itself up. And we're going to have a little bit of a closer look at that because uh, it doesn't have to happen. But here's what happens if you let it happen. And I'm going to share that very clearly. We let it happen. Isn't that sad? We let our body break down and and break up and get broken. Now, type 1 diabetes is a genetic challenge and there is no cure for it. So that's, I would love all endocrinologists, hormonal folks, the people that are studying how to get rid of diabetes, I would love those folks to be studying just type 1 diabetes because there is no cure for it. Type 2 diabetes is completely preventable and curable and we have all the answers. It's just as a human race, we either don't want to listen to the answers or we're not interested in in uh, how simple it could be or we just maybe we're too lazy and I don't want to even get into that argument either. I just want to know that I want to know that I don't have to die from type 2 diabetes and I don't. Would you like to know, to know that you don't have to die from type 2 diabetes and uh how do, we, how do we stop anybody from having to die from type 2 diabetes? Because I don't want that slow, horrible death for anybody. Because when all your uh, hoses, are, as I call them, all the systems of your body break down, so your arteries get clogged up, and oxygen supply, blood supply, nutrient supply can't get to where it's got to go, which is technically the definition of cardiovascular disease, your body gets blocked up. Then, of course, here comes the challenges. So usually presents itself in feeling tired and lethargic and can't be bothered because stuff's not getting around your body. So you feel terrible to start with. Uh, when you have uh, precursors of type 2 diabetes, you'll have high blood sugar levels, high blood fat levels. Uh, if that isn't sorted fairly quickly, uh, then we start having things like we go blind uh, we have the risk of amputation and amputation. So you lose the, the circulation to your fingers or the tips of your fingers and then your fingers and then your hands and then your arms. You lose circulation to your toes and then your feet and then your legs. So people with advanced type 2 diabetes end up with their limbs being amputated and they go blind. And then obviously uh, things as simple as... an Obviously, if you're a man, it's not that simple. It's something like erectile dysfunction. So your penis doesn't work, your eyes don't work, your hands and legs don't work. Then the really challenging one is your kidneys don't work uh, because everything getting in and out of your kidneys gets blocked up. And that's when you're now looking at renal failure, which means you either go on a, a kidney machine or you have to get a kidney transplant. Very expensive, horrible, dangerous, terrible surgery. Uh, I want to share again, I'm talking about a disease that is completely preventable and curable, but it's a disease that kills you really slowly. So you feel crappy, you feel terrible. Then you go blind, amputations, kidney failure, and then you eventually die. Uh, but you don't have to. Isn't that awesome? And as an exercise professional, this is a very personal story. Uh, I went to a private boarding school in Melbourne, Australia, and my father sent me there to become a lawyer. So I was surrounded by lots of people who were highly educated and, and had big career goals, which also means I was not just with lawyers, I was with people who wanted to become doctors. And I always ask people, why do you want to? Why do you want to be a lawyer? Why do you want to be a doctor? Why do you want to be a landscape gardener? Why do you want to be an endocrinologist? Why do you want to be a, a car dealer? Why do you want to be a, a, a builder? I'm always interested in what drives people in their career path direction. 
And interestingly, a lot of doctors or people who wanted to become doctors, the purpose wasn't to help people to be healthy or stop them from getting sick or help them get better if they were sick. It was to make a lot of money. And I'm sharing that with you for two reasons. One is sometimes when I have a look at what goes on in the medical profession, it concerns me about how much money is being wasted on something that has a a prevention and cure. And that's for lots of different diseases, not just type 2 diabetes. I'd love everybody who becomes a doctor to do that because they want to help people to get healthy. That would be awesome. Uh, And what's ironic is that I never became a lawyer. I became an exercise professional. And I feel as an exercise professional that I have uh, a lot of control over the prevention and cure of the bigger, big major killer diseases in the world, particularly type 2 diabetes. Uh, but the big the big killers are cancer, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes. And unfortunately, I've been to now too many medical conferences where the heart doctors argue with the endocrinologists and the, the well, the type 2 diabetes doctors, they're arguing about who kills more people. Well, that's not an argument that I'm interested in. How about you? I would just like to prevent them both. Interestingly, the the heart challenge, the heart attack is blocked clogged arteries usually, uh, and if particularly, and I'm not talking about genetic uh, unlucky health challenges here, I'm talking about if you have high blood fat levels, high blood sugar levels, and you're not fit and you're not strong and your heart stops working properly or you get a blockage and you have a heart attack, sounds very similar to type 2 diabetes. So is it possible that if we can prevent and cure type 2 diabetes, we'll have a really big effect on coronary heart disease, and they're the two biggest killers in the world? If you add cancer to that, which is all about your your immune system not working effectively because your body's breaking down, sounds similar to type 2 diabetes, doesn't it? So what do we need to do to stop the human body from breaking down? And that's where I get really excited because we have the prevention and cure to the body breaking down. If If you don't want your body to break down, we can stop it. And if your body has broken down, we can reverse it. Isn't that exciting? And that's the big deal with type 2 diabetes. You can prevent yourself from ever getting it. You can prevent your family, friends, the people that you care about from ever getting it if they don't want to get it. And if they've already got it, you can get rid of it. It's completely curable. doesn't matter how advanced your type 2 diabetes is. And I'll give you some very personal examples there where people have been going to surgery to have a kidney transplant. That's how far advanced their type 2 diabetes had become. They started exercising and came to the point within a very short period of time, six six to eight weeks, that they didn't have to go and have a kidney transplant. So how is that even possible? So a quick explanation of type 2 diabetes, and I'm not an endocrinologist, but I've been an exercise professional for 40 plus years. And my driving force initially was, yes, to have a beautiful body and ripped abdominals and and big arms and and gorgeous backside and all of those things that a lot of people exercise for. But I'm a very mature old lady now, and uh, my driving force is is to stay healthy, fit and strong for long, to help as many other people to do the same, and to make sure that my body doesn't get those old age diseases. Now, that's where I'll start. Type 2 diabetes used to be called age onset diabetes, because you only got it as you got older, because you became inactive and you put on weight. That was the predominant reason for age onset type or age onset diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Because the body became weak, it became unfit, it became overweight, it then got its systems clogged up. Well, unfortunately now we have 
Type 2 diabetes is found in young children. And the precursors to type 2 diabetes, which is elevated heart rate, elevated blood pressure, high blood sugar levels, and high blood fat levels, those precursors are now found in very young children because we have very young children who are overeating and inactive. So there's the first two challenges. Eat too much and don't do any exercise. Eat too much food and don't burn it up. So if you could reverse that, if you eat food and burn it up, and I'm not even going to touch on the eat too much food, because what if you could turn your body into a, a, a food burning machine so that everything you put into it gets burnt up? Because the challenge with type 2 diabetes in particular is the overfeeding uh, of the human body. So let's have it just a, a quick look inside, and it's not very complicated. And all I'm going to ask you to think about, if you can picture this, is a big road network system. So imagine a big city. Uh, there'll be freeways and motorways that join up all the suburbs, big wide roads. There'll be surface streets. There will be uh, smaller suburban streets, and there'll be small suburban laneways, tiny little one-way streets. That's just a normal city if you look at a map. Well, the human body is very similar. There's big open motorways, big wide arteries. Then we have tiny, and it gets down to really small ones where the blood flow has got to get through very small areas. Imagine if any part of that gets clogged up. So, of course, you'll have a traffic jam in a city if all the roads get blocked up, and then everything comes to a stop. So that could be your heart attack where there's a blockage, Nothing can get through anymore, so everything stops. Now, in the human body, that means the heart stops beating and we die. Uh, stroke is the brain can't work because we've got a blockage to the brain. So there's a traffic jam to the brain. Blood flow, oxygen supply, nutrient supply can't get to the brain, so we have a stroke. So if you can just think about a stroke is a heart attack for the brain. It's a brain attack, so it means that the brain can't work. So there's a blockage. Now, how do we prevent the blockage? And the type 2 diabetes is the, the reason that those blockages happen. So imagine you've got your big road network, but all of a sudden all the motorways, are, you can't drive on them. Now all the big trucks and buses, and in particular the big trucks and buses, all have to take surface streets. And let's say that there's a detour, and not only do the big buses and trucks have to take surface streets, they have to take tiny suburban streets and laneways. Can you imagine what would happen if day after day after day after day, big trucks and buses were driving on tiny suburban streets and laneways? Is it possible, of course, that the road would get wrecked? We would get potholes in the road, uh, we would get cracks in the road. The road would break down because the, the trucks and buses, the big heavy uh, machinery that's going through that road is wrecking the road. Well, that's exactly what happens inside your human body. When you overload, 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 overload your body with too much food, for whatever reason, you just keep eating too much food, your body will do everything it possibly can to burn up that food and to take that food out of your bloodstream from your digestive system to your bloodstream and store it where it's supposed to go. So fat goes to the fat cell, uh, sugar glucose goes to your brain, to your liver, and to your to your muscles, and protein goes to the amino acid pool. So there's a place to store all of your food if you eat too much of it. And your body's very capable of taking food from your digestive system into your bloodstream and then storing it into your cells. Now the bloodstream is the road. 
And we want our roads to be flowing freely. Yes, we don't want traffic jams. We also don't want big trucks going through those roads, putting potholes and cracks and wrecking our roads. So the, the thing inside your body responsible for taking the big trucks off the road and parking them in the cell or the parking garage where they belong is this amazing thing called insulin. And you've probably heard of it. It's a hormone. And it's responsible for taking food out of your bloodstream, taking glucose in particular. And the reason for that, because you'll often hear, we don't often hear insulin in relationship to protein or fat. We usually hear it in relationship to glucose or, or carbohydrate or sugar because sugar molecules are very big molecules. They're the big trucks, they're the big buses driving around inside your bloodstream. And so your body doesn't want big trucks driving around your bloodstream. The same reason you don't want semi-trailers and big buses driving around on your suburban streets. They wreck the road. So you want somebody to be directing traffic, the big, the big glucose molecules, the big buses, you don't want them wrecking the, wrecking the road and creating potholes. You want somebody to take those big glucose molecules and put them into your brain so your brain can use it for, your brain runs on glucose, your muscles run on carbohydrate glycogen, your liver stores glycogen so that your, your muscles can draw down glycogen from the liver for, for uh, energy. So insulin's really good at doing that. It's a great hormone. It's awesome. But it also has the capability of getting tired. Now, if we relate that to type 1 diabetes, that's when the insulin's not working. So it's either giving you high blood sugar levels or low blood sugar levels because the insulin doesn't work properly. There's a genetic challenge with your insulin if you have type 1 diabetes. But type 2 diabetes is that insulin system's busted and broken. It's tired. It's been trying really hard, trying really hard to direct the traffic, the big glucose molecules that, are, that will wreck your arteries and put that glucose where it belongs. But two things happen. One is the glucose storage system gets full. We only store half a kilo. We store it in our brain. I'll share it again. Our brain, our muscles and our liver. So if those are full, what's the body going to do? <laughs> We can't, there's no more room in the brain, there's no more room in the, in the liver, there's no more room in the muscles. We'll do whatever we can to turn that sugar into fat, but that's quite a process. To take one substance and turn it into another substance, not only is that a chemical process that takes time, but it also takes energy, about 25% of calories that you put into your body. If your body's got to convert sugar to fat, it'll do it. And I'll say carbohydrate to fat because a lot of people say carbohydrate makes you fat. Yes, your body will do that. But the process takes quite a lot of energy. 25% of the calories are burnt up in the energy process. So if you keep overloading your body, overloading your body, overloading your body with all kinds of food, your body does everything it possibly can to store the fat, which is a little bit easier because we've got up to 50 billion, if not more, fat cells. And again, I always share, I don't know who counted them, somebody did. And we have between 40 to 50 billion fat cells, depending on our genetics. Obviously, some people have more, some people have a few less. But that means we've got a good storage system for fat, yeah? Carbohydrate, we don't. Sugar, we don't have a storage system, only half a kilo. So if that's full and the body's trying to turn sugar into fat, but that takes a long time, then those glucose molecules will be running around in your bloodstream. They've got nowhere to go. The big buses and the big trucks are driving around on the surface streets, creating potholes and grazers and cuts and cracks and wrecking the road. So what happens now, because we've got too much food in our body and body's trying hard to convert everything and store it, but we've just got too much, 
blood fat levels, so the cholesterol in your body, which again, your body needs it and it's a fantastic substance. But if you've got too much of it and if you've got cuts and grazes inside your arteries, that cholesterol, the blood fat level or the blood the blood fats in your in your bloodstream will now stick inside the potholes, will stick onto the cuts, will stick onto the broken bits inside your arteries because the big buses, the big glucose molecules have wrecked up your road. Now the blood fat, the cholesterol can stick inside your artery and now we have blood that finds, find it, finds it very difficult to get through. There's a traffic jam that you can weave your way through but it's hard. So what happens to circulation? What happens to blood flow? What happens to oxygen supply? What happens to nutrient supply? And that's why we go blind and that's why we get have to have amputations because of, our circulation system breaks down and that's why we have renal failure and that's why we have a stroke and that's why we have a heart attack because our major roads are clogged. <laughs> They're clogged up with broken road and now cholesterol. So think of the inside of your body. How do I get my body flowing freely? And that's the cure for type 2 diabetes. It's also the prevention for type 2 diabetes. How do I make sure that, number one, if I put big glucose molecules into my body, that my insulin system, the the, the hormone that directs the big glucose molecule into the the liver or into the, the muscle or into the brain, that that doesn't get broken down. So that's really important. That system has to keep working. The insulin system has to work to get the blood sugar out of your bloodstream and to make sure that your blood fats also go to your, to your uh, uh, fat cells. So it's a pretty simple process. I'm not an endocrinologist, but I've had to understand this. Because when type 2 diabetes is one of the biggest killers in the world, you can imagine as an exercise professional of 40 years, I've seen a lot of people, I've consulted with a lot of people, I've helped exercise a lot of people who have had or been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And I will share with you passionately and excitedly that it is preventable and it is curable. So even people that have got type 2 diabetes in their family or their whole family's got type 2 diabetes and the doctors even said to them, because your whole family's got type 2 diabetes, you'll probably get it too, uh, they never have. And the reason for that is when you've got a body that burns up everything you put into it, when you've got a body that can take the big trucks out of your bloodstream and put them into your muscles and put them into into your liver and put them into your brain where they belong and get them out of the bloodstream so they don't wreck up your arteries and everything's flowing smoothly, then you don't get type 2 diabetes. If you already have type 2 diabetes, if you've got wrecked arteries, as we know, the human body can heal itself if you give it a chance. So if you can teach your body once again to burn up everything you put into it, if you can teach your insulin system to start working again, and here's the question, if you get fit, is it possible that every system in your body gets fit? Because when you are a fit person, your endocrine system, which is the hormonal system, which is insulin, that becomes fit. When you're strong, your body gets fit, your muscles and bones get fit, every other firing mechanism in your body gets fit and strong, which is the central nervous system and the endocrine system. So consequently, you now have the ability to fix, repair, regenerate, and cure that challenge of insulin not being able to redirect the big glucose molecules. So how do you do that? And this is the most easy part because everything up until now may have been a little bit complicated. 
But now it's really simple. Get fit, get strong. If you're really fit, every system in your body becomes fit. If you're really strong, every system in your body becomes strong. But most importantly, the fitness and the strength part has to be that you get really fit and really strong so that your hormonal system gets healthy again. And the beautiful thing about exercise, uh, and this is where we've all as exercise professionals professionals made exercise so complicated and so hard to understand. There's only three energy systems that the body can exercise in or that we can function in. I'll just say when we move around, we use one of three energy systems. The first one is the phosphate system. The second one is the lactate system. The third one is the aerobic system. And most people think they have to exercise in the aerobic system, which is long, for me, long, slow and boring. And they're just my words. But if we have a look at those three systems, phosphate, 10 seconds fast, no waste products, get puffed, work at 100%, feel good afterwards because it's a a firing up of the hormonal system. When you work at 100%, everything has to work hard and particularly your hormonal system because the driving force to go hard is epinephrine, adrenaline, same thing, uh, cortisol, the catecholamine system, which is the opposing system to insulin. So when you go really hard, you've got to get blood out of your, sorry, fat out of your fat cell, glycogen out of your, uh, glycogen to drive your muscles. You've got to get blood sugar back into your bloodstream to burn it up so you can go. And that's the reverse system of insulin. And when that's really fit, then of course, if the catecholamine system's fit, then the insulin system gets fitter as well. So when you get really puffed, when you go really hard in the phosphate system and that system gets really fit, then everything else gets fit fast. It's the 100% effort system, which gives you 100% result. The next system, the lactate system, which is 10 seconds to two minutes, great for elite athletes that have to do events that last from 10 seconds to two minutes. But for us mere mortals, there's a couple of things that happen there. You produce a waste product in the lactate system called lactic acid. And it's that burning sensation that you'll get. You'll often hear instructors, exercise instructors say this, feel the burn, feel the burn. Now, I'm not sure what they, what they think that is, but it's not exploding fat cells. <laughs> it would be exciting if it was, but it isn't. In the uh, lactate system, we're not burning fat at all. We're burning glycogen, carbohydrate, sugar. And it's a the waste product, lactic acid, hits up against the nerve endings and causes this burning sensation. So great for elite athletes, and you can build up a resistance to lactic acid, but for us mere mortals, it's, it's not that much fun. And if you go past 10 seconds, you start pacing yourself. So you're not working at 100% effort. You get a waste product, and that waste product can cause, yes, burning sensation in your muscles, but also this nauseous feeling that a lot of people get when they exercise and they're unfit and they start exercising they go really hard and they feel sick now nobody wants to exercise there which means if you want to get rid of type 2 diabetes and you never want it to come back again your exercise program could be as short as 10 seconds because once you go now into the aerobic system which is yes using a combination of carbohydrate and fat for energy we breathe in oxygen we breathe out carbon dioxide is the waste product We can go for a very long time, but it's a very long time to get results in the aerobic system because you can't work at 100% effort in that system. It's 50, 60, 70%. So that's walking, jogging, stuff that you can do for a long time. Now, for some people, walking gets them puffed. For some people, jogging slowly gets them puffed. For some people, walking to the fridge gets them puffed. And that's awesome because when you're puffed, you're getting fit. 
everybody gets really puffed and goes to 100% effort if you push hard in 10 seconds, whether you're, uh, whether you're really unfit or whether you're super fit. If you put in 100% effort, you'll get puffed in 10 seconds. You'll be in the phosphate system. That produces all of the happy drugs inside your brain because once you go at 100% effort and you've produced epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol to go hard, your body then rewards you and says, congratulations, you've worked really hard. It's called the fight and flight system, which is, which is the stress system. When you run away from something or when you turn and fight something, your body has to produce a lot of chemical change for that to happen. And that system then has a big reward. So once you've run away from the animal or once you've killed it, yay, your body says, congratulations. So now your brain fills up with dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which are all happy drugs and make you feel fantastic. Well, is that a good thing? Of course, because it feels good and it's for free. A lot of people spend a lot of money on recreational and pharmaceutical drugs, heroin, cocaine, doctors use morphine, there's methamphetamine, there's uh, uh, marijuana. There's a lot of drugs that people take recreationally or pharmaceutically to feel good. But when you exercise, your body produces all of those. But it's also the system that gets you fit and gets you strong. It's also the system that changes your body's ability to burn sugar fast and your body's ability to burn calories fast. When you go really hard, you change your systems in your body to make sure that when you have to sprint, you've got the energy to do it. So imagine you've got a tiny tank of super fuel and you've got unlimited tank of uh, budget fuel. The tiny tank of super fuel is the half a kilo of carbohydrate that we store. The big, boring budget fuel tank that goes forever is fat, carbohydrate, and a little bit of protein. So if you are constantly forcing your body to go really hard, your body automatically evolves and says, and the hormonal system does it for you. It says, if, if Rowie's going to keep sprinting, if that person's going to keep exercising in 100% effort, we're going to hang on to that carbohydrate, half a kilo, so that when she does sprint or when she does lift heavier, when she does run away from the animal or turns and fights it, we've got energy to do that. For the rest of the time, we're going to make sure that she's got plenty of energy to just hang out, which we will draw now from the fat cell because we've got unlimited number of fat cells, 40, 50 billion of them. So you literally can change your body's makeup, its chemistry, to turn your body into a fat-burning, calorie-burning, food-burning machine that is also a happy drug-pumping machine. Does any of this sound really exciting to you or just me? What it means if I wrap all of that up, when you get fit and when you get strong, you turn your body into a calorie-burning, fat-burning, food-burning machine. You turn your body into a happy drug-pumping machine. You, your body becomes a, a disease-fighting, virus-fighting, germ-fighting, sickness-fighting machine. Because when you get fit, every part of your body gets fit, including your immune system. So even your ability to fight viruses, runny nose, flu, cancer, Anything that attacks your immune system, when you've got a fit, strong body, your immune system's really fit as well. So can you see why, as an exercise professional, I get so excited? I went to school with all these people that wanted to be doctors, and here's me as an exercise professional with, it, with the capability in my own hands and in my own brain and with my own passion 
to inspire people to get fit and strong so their body is now the ultimate high performance machine. Now, on top of that, when you're fit and strong, you'll have great hair, great skin, great nails, better posture, strong teeth, bright eyes, better self-esteem, much less chance of ever getting depression or anxiety or any of the horrible mental illness diseases that happen as we get older like Alzheimer's and dementia. Exercise is the best medicine for everything and medicine is exercise. So if you don't want to get sick, exercise. And if you are sick, take the best medicine of all, which is exercise and turn your body into the ultimate high performance machine. And to get fit, you've just got to get puffed for 10 seconds. Do it several times throughout the day. You don't have to do an hour of exercise. You don't have to do 35 minutes of exercise. You don't have to do 20 minutes of exercise. Just every so often throughout the day, spike your metabolism, spike your energy levels by sprinting, doing something as hard as you possibly can for 10 seconds. Now, if you're really unfit, that might be getting up and walking to the fridge. By the time you get to the fridge, it takes 10 seconds and you're really puffed and that's awesome. Do that a few more times throughout the day. To get strong, you've just got to overload every muscle and bone in your body. And ultimately, that's not very hard either. Because when you pick a big exercise that uses lots of muscles and joints and bones at the same time, you get a major hormonal response, you get a major central nervous system response. Big exercises, big results. So if you want a fit, strong body, you've got to get puffed to get fit, lift heavy to get strong, and your body will become a high-performance machine. And you, if you have type 2 diabetes, you'll kick it in the backside. And if you don't want to get type 2 diabetes, and I'll share again, it's a yucky way to die. It takes a long time to die of type 2 diabetes because you go blind first. And then you have to have limbs amputated and then your kidneys stop working and you eventually die of this broken, busted body. I'm sounding as dramatic as I possibly can because it doesn't have to happen. Don't let it happen to you. Please don't let it happen to the people that you love. Wouldn't it be awesome if it was as simple as get puffed to get fit, lift heavy to get strong and turn your body into a disease fighting machine, into a sugar burning, fat burning, calorie burning, food burning machine, into a happy drug pumping machine that looks good and feels good and has a stack of energy. Isn't that awesome? Woo! I feel good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would now because I'm fit and strong and I love it. Woohoo!